Welcome to Hunter's Hub SideQuest. This is your host, Fort One, joined by co-host Darth Tater. How are you doing today? Awesome. And co-host Leo, Leo Riser. I will escape from the underworld. I think everyone is. I really need to get on the ball about pronouncing names. D- did you notice when we did uh, side quest, Leo, that I went like for vengeful torture? It was just like vengeful ch- something or other. It was, uh, here, I promise. It was like it was like so slurred. I'm like, <laughs> why? Uh, wh- uh, why? Like I say it all the time. Why? <laughs> uh, I can get these names right, except when I'm introducing them. Yes, exactly. Well, don't worry. There are plenty of easy pr- to pronounce names in this set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at least all of mine are. That, that's true. <laughs> all of yours are easy. <laughs> um, so this is our first delve back into Theros since, what, 2015? Yeah. It's been a while. And I don't know the name of the set right now. What is it? It's Theros Beyond, Theros Beyond Death. Death. Okay, cool. Glad you guys are on it, because... Uh, I haven't been paying close attention to this set other than sort of looking at spoilers here there, here and there. Um, I know that uh, there's a Hydra that I actually didn't include because it's not... It's doing that stupid shit where it's like I have to get it from the outside of the set content. Yeah. Like, so that's not on my list, else it would be. Um, so yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you're new to the show, Event Quest, we talk about magic, we do a set review, uh, these reviews are not entirely serious, we do talk about the cards, the conversation is real, but, um, we're just having fun. Um, so, we'll start at the top of the order, we do five cards each, um, and we'll, we count down to our favorites, or sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Um, I like to count down. So, um, Leo, what is your number five card? My number five card is Hactos the Unscarred. He's two red and two white for a 6-1 legendary creature human warrior. He has to attack each combat if able. As he enters the battlefield, you choose two, three, or four at random. And he has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number. Just top down, this is Achilles. You yes. What he's weak to changes each time you play him, but he is protected from everything else. Right, and, and then uh, even yeah, and that's a very narrow band protection yeah. based on um, converted mana cost. Yeah, it's if, which I think if you're, it makes it, go ahead. Uh, if you're ever worried, like oh, converted mana cost, that's actually a pretty big issue. I'm like. Do you realize how much it hurts to have a converted mana cost issue playing against... What is that uh, stupid Eldrazi? The can't even. Uh, Void Winnower. Yeah, Yeah, Void Winnower. How much that... Even though it only hits half of the converted mana costs, it wrecks other commanders. Period. Like, it just there's your your half of your deck or more so just coincidentally could be just straight up turned off and to turn off everything but one single narrow band of a converted mana cost against this guy rough now 
Um, it, it even turns off like one of the main bands. A lot of people, you know, you want your spot removal to be as cheap as possible. So a lot of people play the ones cost spot removal. This guy will never be hit by a bolt. He's never going <laughs> to yeah. get hit by a sword. It. Can't path it. Yeah, exactly. It, like the one man removal, he's just straight up always going to be protected from. Right. And uh, yeah, that is kind of crazy. Like even like stuff like tra- tragic slip. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're thinking, oh, this is a six one. It's easy. I can just hit him with the tragic slip. We'll just give him minus one. Wait, no. It's, oh no. Oh no. Right. Like the only reliable removal is Golgari charm. Yeah. Neg one, neg one mode. Yeah. I mean, the board wipes will hit him because protection doesn't protect from that. But it's still right. so. Yeah. It is so yeah. hard to do. Now, Tater did point out when we were talking before the show. It also means that you can't target him with things in outside of whatever band gets hit. So. Suiting him I mean, up with extra protection, like swords, gets harder. But yeah, that's but still swinging really in good. with a six is still good. Yeah, and you're the gonna be swinging. He, he he knows only war. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just the the fact that they made such a good Achilles flavor card. Like you read them, and if you know you know basic Greek mythology, you're go- you immediately like, oh, I know what what's going on here. And right, it's just it's so good. Yeah, um, I can't disagree. That's actually the first card that I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look at that." Yeah, um, I don't really play red white, but hey, it looks amazing. Yeah, I have actually pared down to only two decks um, since I don't play as often anymore. I'm down to uh, my tricolor uh, jund, right? Yeah. Yep. Red, green, black. Yes. And then uh, green, white. Green, white wolves are solid choices. Yep. Go. Uh. The my. Uh. What is it? Uh, Gyrus the cor- waker of corpses. His John deck. Hydras. It's not Hydras. It's a Hydra. Oh. <laughs> it's a Hydra. It actually plays the 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 graveyard quite a bit more. Oh, than nice. You'll like a couple then, of the other cards that I put on the list then. Yes. Um, which I didn't really... I, I didn't really see a lot of cards in this thing that I was like, eh, it's good for this one. Or the other one. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, Darth Tater, what is your number five? Well, I'm going to start with Thassa Deep Dwelling. We got three and a blue for a legendary enchantment creature god. She has a 6-5 when she's real. Indestructible, of course, and as long as your devotion to blue is less than five, Thassa isn't a creature. Beginning your end step, exile up to one other target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under your control. And she has an activated ability, three and a blue, tap another target creature. Yep. I've always had a mono blue group hug commander deck, and the uh, lead singer started out as uh, Kefnet's original incarnation, but... I think I'm, I'm heading down this path. I really like being able just to flicker like a solemn simulacrum for value, get even a card I'll talk about next, just getting more value off of flickering. And because it's you control under your control, my fancy invention Videlkin's shackles can take things forever. Yep. So I'm Do you like- excited to, to control the board more with a commander that's just as hard to get rid of and playing the current version with uh, 
Gadwick, mm-hmm. the wizened. Yeah, he draws a bunch of cards, but he always dies. I'd rather just have my commander that sits in play, like Kefnat was. Yeah, hmm. no, that's that's very good. I even forgot that she had the tap ability on her, even if it's a lot. That's a mana sink. And if you want Conjurer's Closet on your commander, that's what she does. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a thing. Too bad she's going to get killed. Someone's going to kill her. Right? Is it Kiora? Kiora is trying to kill her? Uh, no, Kiora stole her Biden and then just peaced out. Oh, she, okay. I mean, she is defeated. I don't know that that means she died. Yeah, no. I like, don't think she you, died. Like, we know in this one she specifically is. Because you can see in the card she has a... She's down to a single-pointed spear. Yeah. And um, one of the sagas... Because they brought those back. One of the sagas is the story of Kiora stealing the Biden. Because <laughs> yeah, Kiora just wanted it to have more power for protecting Zendikar. She wasn't particularly opposed to yeah. Thassa continuing to live. She just wanted her pointy stick. <laughs> I need your things. Yeah, I always get, you know, the Titans or the gods mixed up with the Eldrazi. Yeah. Because they're all just sort of like busted giant things. So, uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, she's going to kill things. <laughs> Wait, wrong thing. Um, oh, no. So uh, my number five, surprise, surprise, is Hydra's Growth. Um, this is two and a green for an enchantment aura, enchant creature. When Hydra's Growth enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on enchanted creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of 1-1 counters on enchanted creature. This is like giving yourself a small primordial Hydra on a card. It is. It is awesome. And do you know what happens if you put this on something that already has 1-1 counters? <laughs> you get to jumpstart how fast that doubling gets out of hand. Yes. And while, yes, enchantments on creatures is kind of like a way to get yourself hit for a twofer, um, sometimes that's just how it goes. <laughs> hey, and guess what? If you're playing red, white, and green, and you get that lucky roll, and you get the three, guess what? <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Hactos might become a Hydra. Now, one thing I, I want to mention about this card, and it's what mostly drew me to it to begin with, is the freaking artwork for it. Like, you just have this, like, I don't know, what I assume was a peaceful deer. Now give it fangs, poison breath, and three extra heads. Like, what the hell? (laughs) What can can go wrong? Right, like, it's like some sort of amalgamation out of science. Like, (laughs) some mad scientist's experiment now. Um, I I think it's, um... It's... Uh, this might go in my collection of Hydra cards because it has Hydra in the name. Get that in and there next it, to Aspect of Hydra? Yeah, yes. And it is, Aspect of the Hydra is in my collection. Perfect, there you it's, go. Hydra's growth fits right in. Because, yeah, because it does sort of fit the theme of Hydra's. I would consider it a Hydra card. So, yeah, it's it's going to go in my binder. 
Um, but yeah, like it's not like the best card in the world because enchanting a creature is inherently just problematic. It's, ris- yeah, it's risky, but it can it, pay off. It will do work if ignored, which yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to be ignored <laughs> is the problem. But and anyways, um, so yeah, uh, back up to you, Leo. What's your number four? All right, my next card is Dryad of the Elysian Grove. It's a uh, tuna green 2-4 enchantment creature nymph. You get to play an additional land on each of your turns, and lands you control are every basic land, tri- land type in addition to their other types. I like to play lands. I like to mess around with oh, five-color yeah. decks. It's the... Yeah, we like playing things, That's and it helps cool. you play things. Yeah, it, like my main... The main directions I end up going whenever I build commander decks is I build monocolor decks or I build five-color decks. This one fits mm-hmm. perfectly into that five-color plan of give me Prismatic Omen, let me play extra lands, let me just have fun with Golos. Ignore me. I'm innocent over here. What could go wrong? Right. Um, I also like that they're taking some stuff with the lore of having male like dryads and nymphs and showing some of that, because he's just like throwing that sultry pose kicked back on a tree root. And I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> I can get behind this. Right. Um, so a little bit of a, uh, a plug for myself. I recently just finished, uh, some of my D and D articles. Um, so last week and the week before were, uh, Dryad and then Nymph respectively. Um, which in D and D are actually, yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even, I had no idea. Like (laughs) (laughs) I actually had, uh, uh, a Patreon request for those creatures specifically. And then I sort of fulfilled that. Um, so yeah, like the, the, they're actually like, even in Greek mythology, well, no, in Greek mythology, um, they are the same creature. It's just that nymphs were from a certain area, but in D and D they're entirely different creatures. Um, which, you know, wizards of the coast, same company, but whatever, you know, different, this is more aligned with what the Greek mythology has. Yeah. Um, but uh, more to that point, dryads are possibly male. That is that is a thing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, and um, it's rare, and um, they don't say why, but it's <laughs> but it's a thing. Interesting. Uh, n- nymphs, though, traditionally are not male ever. Um, so that's that's different for this card because it's a nymph also. Yeah, it's um, both because there isn't a separation of that in nope. magic. So. <laughs> nope, not in this one. <laughs> so yeah, that, it's just I also just like the like it as a card. I get to play additional lands. What could go wrong? Don't answer that. Well, here here's the thing: is it also lands you some amount of protection because some destruction of lands are like, hey, don't, can't destroy that unless it's a basic. Yes. Like, oh, guess what? It's also a basic now. Sorry, I get to keep my Nykthos. Well, so as a... <laughs> it doesn't do that. Yeah, I would not do that. It gives them all the basic land types, but it does mm-hmm. not make a non-basic land into a basic. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> Still a 2-4 body. Still is a 2-4 body. Still good. Uh, Protection lands that way with its face. Yes. This is why I hate magic. It doesn't work the way I like it to work. <laughs> yes. Curse you rules. Please listen to our podcast about magic where the main host says I hate magic. I mean, hey, look, after this weekend there are times when I hate magic. 
<laughs> Everyone who loves magic also hates magic. So this is, this is true. Give do me my not test powers. me. <laughs> I don't hate it. Yes, you do. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I hate the people sometimes. That's <laughs> that is perfectly viable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So number four, Darth Tater. This is a long one. We got Thassa's Oracle. Blue, blue for a 1-3 creature, Marfolk Wizard. When Thassa's Oracle enters the battlefield, oh, look at the shit. top X cards of your library, where X is your devotion to blue. Put up to one of them on the top of your library, and then the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library, you win the game. And then you do have the reminder text, each blue pip. And the mana cost of a permanent you control counts towards your devotion to blue. Huh. So, so you make it your is an deck alternate one card too <laughs> big, and this is your only blue card. Ta-da! You win. Yeah, and this. So the thing Aren't, is that if you have no cards in your deck, they can even kill this in response to the trigger, and you will still win. Because zero. Because yep, it's, it's fine. It is greater than or equal to the number of cards in your library. If your yep. devotion to blue is zero and your library is zero, you still win. So you could I'm just you could deck yourself out the and then too. in response of your own trigger somehow kill it? Yeah. There's so in competitive EDH circles, there's a lot of talk about how powerful this card is. Oh no. Yeah. It's uh, it is a the effect is very good. Some people yeah, are thinking. Too I was good. just mostly looking I at disagree. kind of card advantage will fit the theme of my one deck switching over to being Thassa Deep Dwelling. Yeah, and at some point maybe Oopsie I win. Yeah, that very easily just it doesn't draw you any cards, but letting you continually filter on a two mana one three is not bad. And yeah, you could just randomly end up after like a long game if you're in your mono blue and drawing a bunch of cards just. Oh, hey, look, I flickered it, and I had 20 pips, and I picked up 19 cards. Oops. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where it's like, you declare trigger, and everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Everyone passed priority? Cool, I won the game. Oh. Then everyone picks up the card and reads it again. And they're, like, <laughs> counting all of, like, the enchantments that you have on other things, and you're like, oh, that's right, that's over there, too, and it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your bus. I'm going to go mono blue. Brew mono blue tribal. No. I'll be right back. Mono blue <laughs> devotion. It also fits that nasty blue creature type called merfolk. <laughs> I don't think that matters as much. Yeah, but it's a thing. I mean, I guess when you get to go cavern of souls, there's probably other merfolk that matter I, if that's what you're trying to slam through, but... I it is a thing. Looking at a relevant creature type on the card, I think wizard's the more relevant one for this, because, like, Azami... That's true, it definitely can go on Anala really yeah, well. Anala and Azami both would look at this and be like, no, this is great. Azami, like, you draw so many cards with this. Well, yeah, especially you just play it, filter the top ten cards, then you can just tap immediately to draw that card. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yep, okay, definitely. Uh, mono blue devotion deck. I'll start writing up the I do art. think this is on the on the realm of one of the blue cards I like in a new set for reasonable reasons that I also, in the back of my head, know it's just on the edge. Oh, yeah. Like, something awful could happen and it could get banned, and I 
have to be sad about maybe opening a foil one. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the cards that I'd be like, kill it. But it's it, not doing anything right now. Kill it. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to fall for your stupid little blue tricks. Kill it. They're going to flicker it later, and then we will lose. Make it dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kill it now. <laughs> it's like uh it's like a group hug. Kill yeah. it. Kill the group hugger. No, I don't want my other opponents getting cards. I don't care if I'm getting cards, they're not getting cards. Every Kill time it. I draw a card, each of you draw a card. That's I'm down two cards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Uh <laughs> so my number four um is actually gonna be um Heliod the Sun Crowned. Um so this is this is an interesting card because it's basically a Johnny wants to kill this dude. A Johnny doesn't like this dude. So this dude just straight up st- stole what a Johnny does. <laughs> Johnny's pride mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um it's also uh so Heliod the Sun Crown is two and a white for legendary enchantment creature god. Uh, indestructible as long as your devotion is five blah blah blah. whenever you gain life put a one one counter on target creature or an enchantment you control uh, which could be heliod um and one in a white another target creature gains lifelink until end of turn so yeah this is for three cost this is kind of nuts in my opinion like it's a it's an ajani for three (laughs) It's real good. It's gonna stick around. Um, now, we know from another card, I believe, that he totally gets his shit kicked. Like, he's... He's... Uh, he, oh, he's lore-wise, yeah. Yeah, lore-wise, he is now Atlas. He is carrying the world. Uh, and, or something like that. Uh, what is it? He's both Atlas and Perseus because he has to hold it on, like he has to keep going downstairs or something too. Uh, like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's he's definitely. Oh yeah, he's on steps. It looks like yeah. he might just be chained in place. I think the Heliod's punishment card. Yep. Yeah. There's some chains. I guess he's just in place. I you know the chains could be just tying him to the, the planet too. Yeah. Some of them are coming down. Yeah, they're just draped. Could that could happen? Elspeth, Anyways, Elspeth gets her revenge. Yeah, like uh, Heliod's a jerk. He's a villain, um, but villains typically are pretty good. Like, um, what's his face? The the uh, I didn't like him too much. <clears throat> the dragon, Nicol Bolas. Yeah, <clears throat> everyone's like Nicol Bolas is so cool. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of just raping people. I'm not into this. I don't like him. <laughs> Not a a fan. Not a fan. (laughs) Not a fan. Um, So, yeah. Like, it's... But Nicobolus arguably was most often a very good card. Yeah. Um, Heliod makes a good villain and a good card. Um, He really does. (laughs) Um, I probably won't be playing him in anything, but it was just... his, His cost and his power just sort of stood out to me. Like, yeah... I think we need to talk about this dude. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy the the line of text that you put a 1-1 counter on target creature or enchantment. So there's nothing that makes you not put enchantments or uh, counters on things like 
if you're playing a multicolor deck and you have a propaganda in play, you can buff your propaganda. <laughs> it might not mean anything, but you're allowed to do Why it. Why is your yeah. pacifism a 6-6? Six, six? Look, some, I might need to attack with it. I'm going to put a 1-1 one, one counter on my burgeoning. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so number three, Leo, what is your number three? My number three is Ferrica's Libation. It's a... D- okay, yeah? Yep. <laughs> It's two and a black for a, a common instant. Choose one. Target opponent sacrifices a creature, or target opponent sacrifices an enchantment. I build monocolored decks. This is true. We've heard this. The only way that I could deal with enchantments in mono black was with artifacts or, like, one old, still fairly bad enchantment. And that was it. Oh, I know that one only blows up. We had one crap. recently, but you just need more. I just right. there are there are not enough ways in mono black to deal with it. And I understand there's a reason they do this. It's like it, color pie needs to exist to balance the game, otherwise it's too easy. Yeah. That I like this card not because it gives me a good way to deal with an enchantment. I like it because they gave me a way to deal with an enchantment in mono black that still feels mono black. I don't mm-hmm. get to pick the enchantment unless they only have one. It's a sacrifice effect. It's an edict effect. And it's still just as a creature edict if I need one against an opponent. It's not, you know, priced to move. It's two and a black. I would much rather my edict effects cost only one or two. But it gives me an option. It's a modal spell. It's never going to be just straight up dead. It can kill Hakdos if I really need it to. All of these things give me options. And on just a nice little common, I'm... I'm down for that. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, it's cool Good that it's. Card, a, I think is what we're going to see out of it too. Definitely. It's cool that we're seeing. I don't know. If it, it it's Farica herself, right? Yeah, it looks like she's. It looks. Like, I mean, there's. It, she's got the Nyx effect, so it looks like Farica herself is pouring out a cup of poison just, for someone. Yeah. Just here. Here's my spit, my venom, and die. <laughs> got a pretty decent quote on it too if you will not pour your drink out for me i shall pour mine out for you just pour one out for the boys let let me fix that by the way i shall pour mine out on you that's that's the fix right there yep just yep just acid bath right there oh boy (laughs) oh this really opens up my pores oh too much too much oh send back too much too much oh i'm bones sorry did i do that (laughs) yeah exactly what's Um, my escape cost again Basically, it's um, you know, it's like the the thing where girls like splash their drink on you. Like I feel <laughs> like she's like, "You jerk!" Psh, oh crap, he's dead. Wrong cup. Oh no, that was acid. Oops. <laughs> Do not go to the bars where Farica's priests hang out. That's bad news. No, 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 no. <laughs> Good lord, no. <laughs> you, <laughs> you dead man? Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, Darth Tater, number three. We've got, I think it's Atris, A-T-R-I-S, yeah, Oracle right. of Half-Truth. Hey, look, another legendary got creature. two. Yeah, I, I'm, Commander is what I care about, so here we are. I just forgot this Two and a blue-black for a 3-2 legendary creature, Human's Advisor, Menace, and then a long piece of text. When the named card, Atris, Oracle of Half-Truth, enters the battlefield, target opponent looks at the top three cards of your library and separates them into a face-up pile and a face-down pile. Put one pile in your hand and the other in your graveyard. Oh, I really like this. It's a win-win. It's an, 
I like an ETB effect, and your your opponent has this really awesome opportunity if he sees a great card or two good cards to try to mind game you into making a bad choice. But if it reads draw the the three draw three cards, keep the two worst. I think I'm still great with it. Like, there's this also aspect of I love in a game when you can kind of make a little bit of an ally, and you just need to look over it across the table. Like, okay, the stacks player, we need things. You need to give me things. Mm-hmm. There, I really like. There was a card. I think that just an instant that did this for four cards. I want to say in like shadows over Innistrad. That was really fun to play with. Because you're you got to do those mind games against your opponent of mm-hmm. you know I put a card that you probably want in this face up pile, so you you must really not want you know you must really want what's in the face down pile or oh you know what the face up pile looks really bad you must go for the face down pile which and just setting those things up where you could play those mind games with your opponent it made no matter which side you were on it made you feel smart most of the time or made one person feel smart. <laughs> and having that on that smaller pile of three cards, but having it on a creature that, you know, especially for Commander, you can have in your command zone, is just really neat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I can just see playing this card and someone getting to cackle as they go swamp, swamp, swamp. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Just, the, just putting all three in the face up pile. You don't need a face down pile. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's like I don't see myself building a deck around it, but I could definitely see putting it in the 99 easily. Just as a, Oh yeah. A, I have yeah. a uh, Dragonlord Silumgur deck that uh, I want to play a lot of other people's cards and steal a bunch of facts. I could definitely it could go in for sure as one of the uh Yeah. Okay, clones I could take out for that. Just I just like the effect. I like interacting on a potentially fun level with another player. With it not being like I've taken from you, or you which know, is, I mean, exactly what Dragonlord Silumgur does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you know, I'm not saying I don't want to do that. I'm just saying I like that there's this other avenue, this other avenue of interaction in a multiplayer game when it doesn't have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be, hey, target player draw seven cards. It's that guy. Then everyone else at the table is probably going to give me ire. This is something that you can feel camaraderie, but it doesn't actually give them any anything that makes it look like you are in an allegiance when you might be. There's, mm-hmm. There are so many ways, because like in multiplayer, this effect too, of just having it like it's like playing social games. Like uh, Secret Hitler and oh, that yeah. stuff. Like You can have... An opponent could do something like put, you know, a good card face up and then two okay cards face down. If you take the face down cards, they can say that you picked up whatever. Like, oh, yeah, I, oh, even yeah. if they put a bad card face up and then, like, two more bad cards face down, they would be like, yeah, uh, you know, totally has this card in his hand. Watch out for that mana drain. <laughs> yeah, watch out for that mana drain. And then you're just, and you're sitting there looking at two islands and a swamp going, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, keep an eye out for that mana drain that I've got in my hand. Check out these islands. Uh, yeah. I can make blue mana. That seemed right. <laughs> yeah, 
I didn't because I hadn't even thought of that for multiplayer, but that's really neat. I like that card. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, my number three is um, it, traditionally people don't like this creature type, which is Phoenix, because a lot of people say they're terrible. I disagree. There are some good ones. Um, and <laughs> I could see people saying this is terrible too. Phoenix of Ash. Um, so Phoenix of Ash is one red red for creature Phoenix with flying and haste. Uh, two and a red Phoenix of Ash gets two O until end of turn, and it has an escape cost, which is our first escape today, um, of two red red exile three other creature cards from your graveyard. You may cast this card from your graveyard for its escape cost. Phoenix of Ash escapes with a 1-1 counter on it. Um, so, like, this is a good card to keep re re uh, recurring back up on the field. Um, Flying in Haste is in some of the more um, uh, bogged down games can be a godsend if you're just sort of, like, in this arms race of creatures that are just sort of the standstill. Um... And with its way to come back, I feel it's a good, uh, it's like if you just have like an extra turn and a bunch of stuff in your graveyard, you're like, I'll just bring Phoenix back. Like, <laughs> um, it's not impossible to kill, obviously, but I feel it's a decent limited card. Um, and it fits the Phoenix theme very well. Oh yeah. It's also a 2-2. Two -two. Yeah. It's, I think it's a... 3-3 uh, three, three if it escapes. Yep. It's a fantastic limited card. I think it's actually going to be a really good constructed card. Like, 3-mana 2-2 two, two Flying Haste is not a bad price with the ability to pump it if you have nothing yeah. to do with your mana. And right. it gives mono red decks that... Something that they... When they're good, they traditionally have of... Here's a way to, you know, sink mana in it's in the rich. late game or have some card advantage once an opponent has dealt with your threats and be like well you did deal with my threats except for this one that i can pay four mana and you know pitch these three burn spells and here's a three three haste coming at you again oh yeah. you killed it yeah. let's you know pay the four mana let's do it again cards, do it again how many times can you deal with it yeah um it's good to note that it's three other cards to escape yeah. it never cares about it being you missed creature top creature cards oh yeah mm. What? Yeah, just I didn't... exile three other cards. Whatever. So it can be any cards, lands, yeah. evolving wilds. I don't think we have evolving wilds in this, do we? Uh, not. I mean, not in the set, but I think it's in standard right now. Yeah, if yeah. I said creature cards when I was reading it, it was just my brain defaulting to, to uh, the only card that exists in magic in my brain, which is creature cards. <laughs> but you have to have mana. Oh, screw it all. Just everyone throw down your creatures. Have fun. Um, <laughs> I, I really like the art on this, too. They've had yeah, a no. Making, it's good. Like, that's what I wanted. Uh, that's what caught my eye, just like uh, Hydra's growth, is that like this is basically a vulture phoenix. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This is really cool. Um, now the chains is pretty, uh, pretty indicative of the escaping the underworld. Yeah, uh, a lot of the escape cards have chains on them. Um, yeah. Uh, which which my uh, next card coming up will also have chains on it. <laughs> I wonder what that one could be. Um, <laughs> um, this is also 
actually not a bad target for the Hydra's growth also because of the escape. It's true. So it's it's not terrible, but it's not great either. I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So uh uh we're down to our penultimate, the number two. What do you uh what do you got, Leo? I have Gravebreaker Lamia. It's uh four and a black for a four four enchantment creature, Snake Lamia. Um, mm-hmm. It has lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, you search your library for a card, put it into your graveyard, then shuffle your library. And spells you cast from your graveyard cost one colorless less to cast. Or one generic less to cast. Mm. One of my favorite decks is my mono black um, Endrixar deck. This fits right in of letting me go tutor for a card into my graveyard where the reanimator stuff in Endrixar is great. I have a yeah. lot of unearth cards. There's going to be some escape stuff going in there. All of that stuff works well with this. So making it cost less, giving me five tokens with Endrixar, like that's the one th- other big thing that I have to worry about in that deck is any creature that I want to put in it, mm-hmm. I'm priced into aiming for it costing six or less so that it doesn't cause me to have to sack my own commander. Mm-hmm. And this being like, you know, right in that nice price point, I'm like, perfect. This is exactly what I need. Just give it to me. Give me hmm. this, you know, Lamia snake, definitely upset looking lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely I like being able to throw something in the graveyard as you please, and yeah, can look at it as another flicker target. But I think for another card we'll talk about later, the uh, spells costing one less from your graveyard probably is going to be the the backbreaker on it. Uh, potentially. Hmm. Yeah, that is a girl. <laughs> well, mo- I think most Lamias are. Actually. Yeah, I think that is like a is a thing specifically, but yeah, Greek mythology be weird, yo. Um, <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> um, so, Darth Tater, what's your number two? Well, we're gonna go to a one drop, one generic mana for Shadow Spear, legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature has gets 1-1, one, one, has Trample and Lifelink, and equip cost is 2. I'm sold with the card there. That's all I need to feel like this is an amazing card. And then there's just another ability. Pay 1, colon. So this means mm. at instant speed. Mm-hmm. Permanence your opponent's control, lose Hexproof and Indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, that's real good. A weapon of darkness for a warrior of light. It definitely feels like this is what Elspeth has been wielding kind of through this story and definitely in her Planeswalker for the, in the set proper. Yes. Yeah. And I have a couple decks that I just jam a bunch of equipment in Traxos, Scourge of Krug being the biggest one. <laughs> and, you know, a one drop that equips very, equips very cheaply. And overall, it's just, it feels like it slices and dices. Kind of does. It just does a lot. I really like cards that strip indestructible away from other people and hexproof. And we had was like bonds of mortality, a green enchantment that you could pay green into to strip indestructible away. Yeah. 
from our last trip to Zendikar. Yeah, and I think it like ETBs like draws you a card, or it does like some ETB. Yeah, it's like a two drop that just cantrips basically. And I, this, I feel like the equip cost is low enough. The impact for the creature is good, and I'm, if I never pay one, I'm great. But if I start paying one and getting value out of that, I feel ecstatic. And you don't even have to have it equipped to something to do this ability. Yeah. It can sit out as a beacon of, I will murk your gods. Yeah, which is the thing that threw me the first time, because you're, you're so used to all of your equipment pretty much only doing something if they're equipped, and any like mm-hmm. added ability they have. Like I think Manriki Gusari doesn't have tap, destroy, and equipment. It gives equipped creature the ability to tap to destroy an equipment. But like all of these other yeah. things do give the creature that they equip the abilities and this one's like no i can just do it myself uh, it feels a lot like uh uizama's jit yeah once it has counters i think it can do it regardless if it's equipped yes i believe that's the i believe that's correct so it's just spicy it's cool. i feel like it, it does enough it'll see a lot of play i can definitely see my pelt self putting this into a lot of like mono white decks and stuff that i'm trying to use life gain triggers as a way to get card advantage yeah. And some, if I don't have that Saris in it, I need a one-drop, and I don't know that I could do better. Yeah. I mean, in the old meta that we had at the card shop, when we still had uh, the guy who would bring in power-level decks that were way beyond what we were comfortable with, uh, this could have been in every deck, because it could have worked against most of his decks. Like, <laughs> For sure. Um, this is... It feels like a situational card when you look at it, but like... It's just one mana and two to equip. Like it's pretty low cost, a uh, pretty low barrier of entry for a pretty decent equipment. Would you have to mourn that? Uh, was it Hactos may never equip it? It's <laughs> true. Hactos. Hactos does not get to pick up the Shadow Spear. Yeah, but he don't need it. Like <laughs> that's the thing about Hactos. He just. He's just that good. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need it. Nope. Ah, uh, uh, he doesn't need it. I get yeah, you. That's what it is. He he doesn't need that. His his perfectly <laughs> normal spear is the only spear he needs. Yes, and he'll he'll just he'll take everyone out. He's like a better Zergo. He'll just keep swinging. <laughs> Turn into the Dory song. Yeah. Just keep swinging. Just keep swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so my penultimate, uh, by no one's surprise, should be Pulacranos Unchained. Um, I'm going to put this out here. People can hate me or whatever. Um, as, like, as far as a Hydra co- goes, in Theros, to me, Pulacranos was the worst one. Um, he was the least interesting because he did the least of any of the other Hydras in that set. Even something like the Scourge of Skull of Vale had a more interesting thing, even though it was a far, quote-unquote, weaker card. Because uh, Pulucronos is not bad by any means. I just didn't like him that much. But um, first thing to even happen in the uh, the story of Theros is Elspeth slaying this poor Hydra. <laughs> so not un, uh, not surprising that he has to come out of the uh, underworld. Um, so 
Pulacronus Unchained is two black and a green for a legendary creature, Zombie Hydra. Uh, this is our actually second Hydra ever to have black in it that actually isn't a five-color avatar that doesn't really feel like a Hydra. Um, <laughs> Shh, don't dishonor our lord that way. Uh, your lord, not mine. Uh, Polyokronos enters the battlefield with six 1-1 counters on it. It escapes with 12 1-1 counters on it instead. Um, so yeah, you escape this thing and it's freaking big. Um, if damage would be dealt, uh, while it has a 1-1 counter, prevent that damage and remove that many 1-1 counters from it. Um, the problem with this is the card isn't all that great. It just keeps shrinking. So, you know, you talk about that, that meme with the Heliod, and the blasting state, whatever, you keep pinging things. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pulu has nothing he can do against that. And he'll just shrink until he dies. Um, so like the fact that he can just get pep, like peppered by all these like little one dings away, even at 12 power, can really take him off the board. Um, so that's why I'm not too excited for this. Oh, and the last thing he is, he escapes for six. He's a four drop, and he escapes for six. So six for 12-12, I mean, and four for 6-6. Six, six. It's not terrible, but it's not the best either. Uh, I do love the art for this, though. Uh, not only are we seeing the chains around each of the available heads, but also two unavailable heads that have been severed and are now ghost heads. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it's a pretty decent art. Uh I actually had to check a couple times to see if it was actually what he looked like in the old art. It just looks so different to me. Um, But that is indeed what he looks like. He's different colored, though, but that kind of makes sense because he's a zombie. Little rotten. Yeah, has the, (laughs) like, like, kind of beak hydra with the frill. Yeah, and the dual dual backwards-facing horns. Like, all of that was like, really? Is that what he looked like? Sure enough, that's what he looks like. Um... It's just, I don't know. It was just weird. Uh, I, I felt his heads were more clumped together before, which they kind of are. Um, but they did a good job of showing not only that, he actually has more heads uh, yeah. in this art than he originally did, which is cool because that's how Hydras work. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's also nice to note he escapes for four black green, exile six other cards from your graveyard. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Just get those cards out of there. Just, yeah. Just keep... And you forgot that this is the monster that wants to just keep swinging. He has an activated ability, one black green. Plukronos fights another target creature. Yeah. See, I don't like that, though, because it makes him smaller inherently. It just happens. Sure, but, like, I have this, this realm of, if this is my commander, I play him for four, punch until he's gone, command zone, cast him for six for the second time. Punch until he's gone. Then I start escaping him. Just make him. Hopefully having the, the right fuel. And my hope would be to make a scenario that hopefully you're doubling counters or something. But well, one so double counter effect makes him escape as a lethal commander swing. That's true. His, his, his only real protection against anything, though... Because even if he's large, like I said, you can just wear him down. And that's like something that... like. 
it's not as scary oh. as just like even just like a six six on its own. Like a six six on its own, like it'll survive a lot of things. It'll block a lot of things. It's what this blue Chronos is not a stalemate card. It's not going to be big enough to stall the game. It's going to stall the game for two turns because running into it, like you know what you would consider like a stupid play, attacking into a bigger creature is not a terrible strategy with this, as long as you're okay with losing the creature. Um, I mean, he gets murked pretty bad if someone has, like, a first-strike combat trait. Yeah. <laughs> he gets murked pretty bad on a lot of fronts. The only thing he doesn't doesn't have to worry about is Doomblade. <laughs> he is black. He got there. He got there. <laughs> doesn't die to Doomblade. Doesn't die to Doomblade. Best card ever. Not really. But it's still a cool card. Uh, it's just... Uh, there's a lot of ways to deal with it. And I kind of wish it had taken the the path of the Hungering Hydra where it had gained twice as many counters as it has lost. Um, but it did not. And he just gets shrinky. He just gets It smaller. is a four drop that needs to not ruin standard. They ruined standard recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still means I would have liked him better if he did something. <laughs> Along those lines. Other than like, just being a thick boy. Yeah. He, now, <laughs> oh, escaping for 12, like a 12-12, that's, for 6 mana, that's pretty hefty. Yeah, but I mean, they can they can chump with, the, like, they can chump with three two twos in a row, and you'll still be left for the 6-6, six, six, and they're down three cards. That's true. Pretty big. And you can punch things with no power for value. It's, it's true, you can't eat things. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you, go, you don't get to leave back that dryad that's Letting you play extra lands, he's mine. At the low, low cost of two. I will gladly one lose one counter to punch Azusa in the face. Right. But it is a lot of a mana sink too to keep doing that too. It you definitely gotta... is. I think they're. He's another one of those legends that I almost think that I would put in the ninety nine more than I'd put as the commander. Oh yeah, because if you put him in like a green black like Marin or some other graveyard focused deck, that's. Gonna be oh, just keep reviving yeah, him, or like that just self mill is good at self milling, so that you can even pay the escape cost. But yeah, just like Marin and keep reviving him. It's like, all right, I revive him. I activate his ability twice and eat two of your creatures. Okay, he's dead. He's back. I gain an experience counter. Yeah, Woo! exactly. I, I've already got questions uh, from people that you know the, the the local shop that we play at to be like, isn't this going in your Gyrus deck? I'm like, hell no. Because Gyrus wants to use that graveyard. I'm not taking cards out of that graveyard. Like, yeah. n- no. Uh, it's just, there's so many reasons why this just doesn't work for me. Except for the fact that it's a Hydra, and it looks amazing. It is a really good looking <laughs> zombie Hydra. <laughs> right. The perspective Our- on that artwork is so good. Oh yeah, he's absolutely massive. And they don't do a good job of showing that um, in the previous art for him. Yeah. They just don't. There's no scale to, to put him against. Um, and this one, it's like, oh, no. Oh, oh that, no. That, that came out of hell? Oh, it's oh Chris no. Of course it's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so we're down to our last card. Uh, Leo, what is your number one? All right. So once upon a time, Leo oh. really liked playing Storm decks in Modern <laughs> and everywhere. And then right. they started banning cards from Storm. They took away my rituals. 
Then they took away my Jataxian probes. They didn't even let me really have my good cantrips. And then Baral got good, and it was, it was okay. But I couldn't really play Pyromancer Ascension. And then they gave me Underworld Breach, which is one in a red for an enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana, mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Underworld Breach. Let me tell you a different story. Have you ever heard of the card Yogmoth's Will? <laughs> it's Absolutely. real good. This one is also really good. Now, it you have to exile other cards to pay the cost. But it's They're, only three. It's only three. You only exile three cards to yeah. cast the other ones. Now, I'm not saying there's ways easily to go off with this with, say, a storm card like Brain Freeze and Lion's Eye Diamond. That's been talked to death. We talk and we talk to death about commander on here all the time. This card, I do right. actually really like this card for commander as a storm thing to set up a like storm style finish in some decks. No, I just really, really want to play modern storm again, and this might let me do that. They just took my <laughs> opals today. They're giving me this. I'm a really conflicted boy. <laughs> <laughs> my feelings—they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's a panicked man in the front there's some angry thing in the back catching fire I don't know I don't care I'm going to see how many times I can cast the same grape shot in a turn <laughs> really oh that's boy. all after casting pirate ritual enough. oh yes after casting and the big thing is this also lets me if I'm it lets me play thought scour again it's one of my favorite cantrips I get to mill myself for two and draw a card that's great if I it fixes the issue that I had with Thought Scour before of, you know, oh, I've accidentally Thought Scoured one of my Pyromancer Ascensions in the graveyard. This is a problem. This card's really good with Pyromancer Ascension because you get to cast mm. the same spell a couple times. As long as you've had two, you cast that spell twice and just let it trigger off of it, the other copy each time. You're going to be doubling spells so often it's not even funny. Soon you're going to be milling yourself for profit. It, yeah. I can... The amount of lines that this deck that this card would let me play with a storm deck is it's just so good it's it speaks to me as a player i just want to keep casting spells until i can cast a big thing my riku deck is as close as i've come and by that i mean i've been allowed to build in commander because otherwise <laughs> if i build what i really wanted to have built which is like a mizzix deck then i just people just don't play with me <laughs> and i, I understand um, that but this so this is gonna be good I have a question for you on this card. Yes. Does this does, does this pair well with Gravebreaker Lamia? This can definitely pair well with Gravebreaker Lamia. There yeah, because uh, I was like, I was pretty sure the escape could be... Yep. Yeah. Because you're casting it from your graveyard, reduces by one colorless, which I'm not saying I'm considering building a Grixis Storm deck in Commander. But I'm considering building. But you are. <laughs> so, so here's the question I have: It gains escape cost equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can this let you escape cards that can't normally be cast that have suspend? No. The so those okay. cards don't have a mana cost. So it's the same reason yeah. that you can't pass in flames. Them there is no mana cost to pay, so you can't pay it. It's not like okay. the thing. It's not like other things that say like look for a card of CMC X or less and right. do it because those count as zero for that. But they for this one, no. I 
I really wanted to be able to just exile three cards to Ancestral Visions myself. That would be great. But <laughs> Yeah, then you can discard those cards and do it again. Oh, Storm Count Achieved. You can, so this, a Lion's Eye Diamond and Brain Freeze, lets you mill your entire deck while milling every, excuse me, milling everyone else to keep feeding yeah. the escape costs. And then just lethally tendrils and or storm card du jour the board. It it's so good. I was gonna say my my one thought is pair it with the Lamia grape shot forever. Yep. That, oh, I'm planning <laughs> on I'm planning on grape shotting forever. In modern Lamia is not gonna work in that, but it, that's why I have a right. to copy my rituals and copy my thought scours to because once you copy right. a Thought Scour, each Thought Scour costs three to exile and mills you for four and draws you two. You can still cast spells from your hand. It's right. And like, what's really neat about this is unlike Past in Flames, that only gives the stuff that's in your yard when you cast it flashback. This just says that while it's in play, the cards that go that are in your graveyard have the escape cost. So cards that you draw and cast after it and then put in your graveyard still can be escaped. It's yeah. There is so much that this can do, and I'm... Lightning Bolt forever. Yeah, I saw this, and all caps in about four different group chats that I can play Storm again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Hi, guys, we're talking about this thing, and I just come screaming in, throwing grape shots. (laughs) Storm! Red enchantments! All right, thank you. That is all. I'm going to go back to your regular scheduled broadcasts. (laughs) All right. So number one, Darth Tater. We're, we're going to take a dive. We're going from heavily playable to probably stone unplayable for most people. I already disagree with you. This card is amazing. <laughs> Allure of the Unknown. Three black, red for a sorcery. It is rare if people care. Reveal the top six, top six cards of your library. An opponent exiles a non-land card from among them. Then put the rest back into your hand. Or into your hand, not back. That opponent may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost. We got a little little flavor text. The light of hope blinded. I believe that says Pantor to the ills of the world. And it's got this really great art of these guys opening up like a golden chest, and all these evil hands are rising in the clouds and smoke behind him. And I just, I love this. This is. I mean, it's another great Sabbath artwork. Great group hug, and there's a little bit of mechanical thing about the card that I've heard that because it says that opponent may cast the exile card without paying its cost, it's then. So if Teferi or other reasons say you can't cast spells at that moment, they don't even get to cast that. They're just taking your best of six cards and getting rid of it. Yes. <clears throat> but again, it comes back to it's a great political tool. And my, this would definitely go into uh, Queen Marchesa. I love playing that deck because I every time I cast her, I say I'm in charge because no one else gets Monarch into the game. Mm-hmm. And this curves right after her, trying to make a friend. You know, it it feels hilarious. I'm going to overdraw. People are going to see things I don't want them to see. Like. <laughs> this just does everything I want. It's a cost, a bit of mana. It does a big flashy effect. It can destroy you with your own cards. It's everything I need out of red and black. You can be hoisted by your own petard. 
<laughs> yeah. Yep. I think like I like this card. I think there are even outside of like group hug style decks. I think there's a lot of ways you can build around a build around this effect and mm-hmm. it not do that. Like if you're in a deck, if you're in like a a red black aggressive deck where each of your cards' individual quality isn't super high, but the quantity is what matters. Them oh, getting yeah. one out of them and you getting to draw five, even if it's they get the best one, when all of your cards are you know roughly equal to each other, you still drew five and they just got a card. Oh yeah, you're still four cards up for and, five mana and it didn't cost blue. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I think, like, I think this card's actually just going to be solid in a couple decks. It's in a couple a, different formats, and in Commander, in, it's great. In one way, it's a big card draw for black and red. Yeah, like, it, it is. You are, you are gaining five cards for five mana. Right. Like, that's... That's not, that's not unlike what a blue player will do. Like, hey, five cards for five mana? I'm in. Like... I just love it being in the group hug deck because sometimes I will view a couple lands and then group hug pieces, and I'm like, oh. "You can cast the temple bell." Oh my god! You were talking about, and you're talking about putting it in like Marchesa, who's I also absolutely adore Queen Marchesa. Um, <laughs> putting it in that where you're in like red and you're in like black and white, so you have wraths that you can flip, and in a group hug deck, it's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna target this guy that's all you know that you're working together with," and it's like, "Hey." I flipped a wrath. You take the wrath and cast it, and you know, scratch my back, scratch Life yours. Okay. Look at that. We found the, the wrath that we both need to survive. Yeah, we dug six cards and cast it for five mana. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Ooh. Yeah, like there. Are, yeah, it, it'll be fun. There's a lot of politics uh, to play with this it'll card. It'll probably stay. It'll probably go into the new deck that I'm trying to do is Papa Kenrith with kind of five color gods, just as I need cards. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's so cool. The, pol- the political aspect of that card is great. Yeah. You do tend to like those political cards, Darth Tater. That's just, that's just your thing. And there, there are a few people that play here locally at our card shop that I don't think I'm a very like good person at manipulating people, but there's a few people that I can make them do silly things. Yeah. That's always fun. It's always great to I just, just make deals. Because as long as you... As long as you follow through, and people know like what you're doing. Like you can make some good deals and get some get some things done. Yeah, you you can ask Darth Tater. I am a I don't negotiate with terrorists stance. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, hey, if you don't do this, I will kill you now, or, like, or you do what I want to do. What? No, I will kill you now. Like no, uh, then I kill them. See, <laughs> that is my negotiating. Wearing those eyes, it's everyone's a terrorist. <laughs> oh, I you mean, have a magic deck? You're a terrorist. Yes, that's that's basically how I treat it. It's just everyone is my enemy at all times, and making deals with my enemy is not favorable. <laughs> so I don't do a lot of political cards because I'm just like, no, my pol- my my politics is ground warfare. <laughs> that's <laughs> deal with it. The one great explosion I'm oh. waiting for this card is the one time I flipped Sire of Insanity, and oh. someone's like, yeah, I'll cast that. You can draw five. Oh. No. Like, no. <laughs> no, why? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. That card, 
uh, Sire is actually in my Gyrus deck because it's fun because it's like, hey, Sire of Insanity, you have no answers to deal with Gyrus to the fact that he's going to keep bringing back everything. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. Uh, <laughs> well, um, so we're down to my number one, and my number one is actually Nyx Bloom Ancient, um, which is four green, 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 so seven drop. Uh, enchantment Creature Elemental with Trample. Uh, if you tap a permanent for mana, it produces three times as much of that mana instead. It's a 5-5. So this card isn't going to go into, let's say, the competitive decks. And let's be honest, I don't give a crap about the competitive decks. What I give a crap about is creating 75, 75-75 Hydras. (laughs) With uh, with an stupid amount of mana. <laughs> yeah. Um, pairing this with uh, Nykthos or Silvana or Silvala, <laughs> Silvala, whatever the crap her name is, Silvala is just dumb. <laughs> if you no, dumb, have you? Uh... Have you met one of my favorite cards, a kicked right of replication? Oh yeah, we know the number. It's over yes. seven hundred. Yes, times three, times three. <laughs> yes, oh, so good. I yeah, will. we did. We <laughs> we did the math. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's insanely high. Now the the problem is you got to do something with that mana. Also, you do have to protect this thing if you're going to do stupid amounts of mana, and it's kind of a hefty drop. But if we're going to be in magical Christmas land with billions of mana we might as well take this card with us like oh for sure oh i can definitely just see like sneak attack pay for flame shadow calling and bramble sovereign to get two tokens of it tap the rest of my mana have 27 mana out of nowhere or yeah upwards of 60 now this is insane because it's a permanent so your lands do that too. Your basics now tap for three. Like, it's good by itself. You don't have to do stupid busted things. It's just better. <laughs> I also really like that it helps out with, they always call it the Karoos, but like the the guild lands. So like Demir Aqueduct now taps for black, 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 blue, blue, blue. <laughs> right. Oh, I am. This is, so... My Riku deck is an X-Spell Tribal deck. Oh, yeah. It's specifically X-Spell Tribal. Like, there's mm-hmm. less than ten creatures in the deck. And this is one of the ones that's going to replace a different creature. So that I can <laughs> play it, copy it with Riku, and just have so much mana. Oh, yeah. To just dump into all of the Comet Storms. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the best card ever and oh, it's going to break oh. Commander. It's going to be fun, though. But it's going to be oh, a God. wild ride. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a lot like Vorinclex, where people are going to see it and they're going to flinch, and if it doesn't die, bad things are happening. Yeah. Right. I could see this going in either one of my Commander decks, honestly. Um, this is like the one card that it's like, to me, it's just good. And I like playing high-cost things. It's just what I like doing. Is it good? No. Oh. But I don't play good oh. magic. We've been over this. <laughs> I, don't play good magic. I play big magic. 
<laughs> I play whatever the crap I want magic. Like, <laughs> um, do I win often? No, <laughs> but it's fun. Um, I don't know. This, this was the first card that really made me pay attention to the set. Um, cause like a lot of the spoiler seasons come out and yeah, we do the oh. show and I pay attention for the show, but like nothing like excited me until I saw this card. Like, I like I was just like oh okay now it, there's a reason to watch for sure yeah um yeah it's just it's just crazy like <laughs> the amount of stuff this this thing can let you do <laughs> I just I don't know there's just infinite possibilities if you're in green at least so and green's amazing at creating stupid amounts of mana without this so. Oh yeah, it's definitely good at helping you get to putting this into play early enough where people will have a hard time dealing with it. Right. So yeah. Um So yeah, that's uh that's our 15 cards, guys. Uh pretty good stuff. Like it was a lot of the stuff that, you know, when I actually got into it, you know, was a lot more exciting than I thought it was. And of course, like I said, Nick's Bloom really got me like, "Okay, yeah, let's do this." Um is there anything else you'd like to shout out to for the set, or uh, what are we looking forward to in these next couple months? Uh, I mean, the main thing is none of us had one on our list, but they brought sagas back. Sagas are sweet. Yeah, I was looking I at like them. That those are sticking around. Yeah. Uh, the only one that like, and I haven't looked at it yet, and I just, I just don't know what they are. The only one that really was like, okay, so what does this do? Because I kind of like it, which was the green one, the first Ironian game, yeah. Iron games. I don't know what a gold token is, though. It's, a, it's an artifact. Artifact you sack for one man of any yep, color. And it specifically doesn't tap. Oh, on, like, so it's a treasure? Yeah. like It's better than a treasure. Yeah, the only difference is. is it doesn't tap. But It doesn't tap sack. It, I mean, guys, it. that feels the original like Theros had it. That feels like a super arbitrary. There's like there are <laughs> like, like difference. Artifacts come into play tapped. Darn, you have to wait a turn on yeah, huge treasure. If there's a thing where you want to tap an artifact for an effect, but also get the mana, it's a it is a narrow difference, but it is a it's right. a difference. Yeah, and I'm oh. I understand that. It just feels like and flavor a very wise, small difference. It, flavor wise, it's a tre- a gold is more like the flavor of a metal than a treasure, right? But yeah, right. yeah. functionally there. I will say one thing I'm kind of excited for is, like it or not, we, we're back to collector's packs again for this. And it seems that you're getting different things because we don't have the story borders. We have these like constellation Ooh, cards that are kind of... Are pretty. So it's like actual constellations and the stars. And as far as I can tell, it's only the demigods and the gods. Yeah. Yes. But that makes sense because they were based off of constellations in the original mythologies. Mm-hmm. But it's what it does something really funny for the value of these packs. I'm seeing the part like because I invest in shiny things because I like them. And you know, over these past weeks, I've seen the prices of these packs go down. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, the full sets out. Maybe the hype on the collector realm isn't that high. But there is one of the card slots that is very specifically. A foil constellation card or a foil borderless planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's hard for me to think that will not be exciting. Oh yeah. Like, and if you've not seen the art, they are amazing. Even when they were showing like just the demigods, and that's kind of like when I'm trying to key in. Like, I need a constellation of Thassa, 
Yeah. Foil or not, that doesn't bother me, but like these I think are going to look really nice. I, yeah. We didn't even talk about the Planeswalkers in this set. I guess that proves how exciting they are. Right. Um, one thing that, I don't know, I'm mixed. I'm glad we got another green-red god. Um, cause not every dual color got a god in this set. Nope. And this only two buy box promo gave us another Aetheros white black. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, Clothis or, or Clothis or whatever you want to call Clothies? it. Something. I believe it's Clothis. Yeah. So Clothis, uh, replacing Zedagos, very disappoint. Well, Zedagos like, is dead. So I don't, I mean, he could have had a better successor than this is my point it's like, definitely less of a big splashy red green god and more of like an aggressively con- costed constructed god right uh i definitely think it was kind of a grindy commander like you're just trying to get value every turn out that's of true yeah and like pitching your graveyard it's just another reason why i won't play it because the only red green deck that i have is the jund one that mm. wants its graveyard and i'm just like all right whatever <laughs> I mean, you can do it to other people's graveyards, I think, too, his ability. I think she, yeah. I, think can. I know. But Fly. it's still not exciting. <laughs> I don't. I just. I miss my Xenogod. I just. I miss him so much. There was, He's he, he was, behind me he, in the second box. No, I mean, in general. Like, it was the only box I ever bought uh, out of a magic set, was. Uh, Born was the one that Xenogod came in. Born of the Gods. Yeah, Born of the Gods. Um, it's probably the worst box anyone ever opened. Uh, I only got three Mythics. <laughs> and two of them were the same. Which, uh, which fortunate for me, were both Xenogod. But... Um, that's about as good of as... The, that's actually about as good of you can open out of that box. Born of the Gods is notoriously real low on good cards. Yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, but in quotation marks, box of born of the gods that I got, I went to a game store that we used to live near and that was the only box in that set I hadn't got a hold of and asked them and the guy's like, Oh, we don't have one of those. And he says, hold on a second. Our pre-release kits aren't selling because no one wants this set. So we busted open however many pre-release kits it took to get 36 born packs (laughs) Oh my and god. And then gave me one of the sealed promo packs too. And he's like, here's for being a customer. And <laughs> That's obviously my pulls were goofier than any other box has ever been because my odds had nothing to do with each other. Yeah, no, that's... And I actually got a playset of Corsair Crufix out of it. was the funniest thing. <laughs> that's yeah. really nice. Because there, there were some decent cards that came out of that, like Corsair. You know, like, Xenogod, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of hype behind him, but he's a powerful card in Commander. Oh, he is. Like, he's a thing. Xenogod is one uh, of the few cards that has some hype behind him from that set. Between him, Corsair, like, the the value and, like, power of that set is heavily mm-hmm. concentrated on a couple cards that are good. That's true. Kind of like, um... It was a gate crash in the Voice of Resurgence, and uh, that's about... Dragon. Yeah, it was Dragon's it, Maze in the Voice of Resurgence. It was that card... Like, the two most expensive cards out of that set were Voice of Resurgence and then the Voice of Resurgence token for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, the token great. was worth, like, $9 or some arbitrarily stupid amount of money. And then the next card that was worth anything was, like, 
No, it wasn't even Maze's End because they made Maze's End the promo for that box. So like, oh yeah, yeah. it was like Ralz Eric. Oh boy, yeah, it was a it was a bad set. Fun card though. It was a fun card, but it was just like the the power in that set was non-existent. And yeah, Born of the yeah. Gods I think too much of it was that. laid on the fact that your land slot could randomly be a shock. Yeah, is. Uh. <laughs> well, um, so when's the next set we'll be talking about? A uh, couple months, obviously. A couple months off. Yeah, um, it's gonna be Ikawar Layer Behemoths. Yeah. So. Think that's <clears throat> Ikawar La- Layer Behemoths. I am already interested. I knew you would. And we have a release coming out the end of February. Uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, but it's a is it the sealed product with a few new cards. Is it the it's not the commander set, is it? Like the Commander Legends set? It is the it's an un product. Oh unsanctioned. Yeah, that one. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. we yeah, we February twenty ninth. We may do five, something on that. Five thirty card decks, two dice, ten double sided tokens, ten full art basic lands. Right. Five regular, five premium, whatever that means. I mean, and I'm excited for this. This this will put uncards in people's hands, and I get to play with them instead of the half hearted draft I did with some friends when they were drunk. <laughs> oh dear, I did get to so little side on story the last one that mm-hmm. came out unhinged um i was mm-hmm. at the i think it was still gp then wasn't quite a magic fest yet where they released that one um a judge that i'm friends with was head judging the event head judged it in a squirrel suit mm. at the release oh, at the release great. magic fest there are pictures of him on the internet he's a fan he's a fantastic guy and it was he got to run around in a squirrel suit i was like this is great yeah yeah, at some point, I don't know when, I do still have a sealed box of that that I want to do a draft with some friends, but it's, you know, pegging down seven people to do yeah, it with. Yeah, that's the hard thing about keeping, it like, sealed stuff to your draft, is you really have to coordinate with people to make it happen. It took me, like, a year and a half to get a box of Iconic Masters drafted. And, it, cool. and the funniest thing is, that, like, I'm probably one of the more unreliable people to be... <laughs> be to be a part of that group of people well we could do it we could we have four people we could get four people to come to the house because i know your younger kids would like like opening magic packs we just have to teach them take a card pass yeah i'm not sure that's (laughs) gonna work with them like uh my younger one she might just turn it into a boomerang and throw it and she has not damaged cards i've had them open with me yet Yet. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I mean, when oh, my they, when my birthday card... They opened card, collector's packs with me. It was great. Not really. It was kind of stressful. <laughs> when my birthday card translated from her reads, flowers with exclamation park, then then fight with an exclamation mark. Um, yeah. She's aggressive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. A little bit. Um, but she's, so, what she's is your, nice, too. Oh, yeah. So we got to do our set. We gotta do our scales. Oh, that's right. That's the thing that we do. <laughs> yes. Hi, kitty. So, uh, for the listeners, we do a scale. Uh, the scale is an utter nonsense. Um, it's just whatever we feel like saying about the set. Basically, like, 
uh, a way to say our opinion because really rating a set is very subjective anyway so why not have fun with it so start us up at the top leo what is your skit what what do you rate this set i grape shot you for 42 out of 10 nice yeah i knew that storm would come into that rating (laughs) (laughs) all right darth tater what is your rating 30 out of 10 gideon still dead (laughs) there's even (laughs) references to him being dead Yes. Hey, Elspeth came back. He evaporated. I'm happy. But we Just didn't. More cat man. But we didn't see in a Johnny. Uh, he's mourning. I don't know. You you think he'd be the one to be like on the front lines with with uh, Heliod, like stuck there on the rock, and he's sitting there with like a box of popcorn and like <laughs> shades and been like. <laughs> Like, I mean, he already had some big rock. fights with Bolas. He's he's done enough of I fight the big bad by myself. Yeah, but that's his thing, isn't it? Um, all right. So my my rating is three and a half Hydra heads. Period. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> we got a zombie Hydra. I... Oh yes. Three and a half. That's why there's forget a. The... I mean, there is another Hydra in one of the extra sets. We talked about that, but, like, I hate when I... I, Because of that, I still don't have a Steelbane Hydra. Because of stupid crap like that, like, it's just hard for me to get a hold of it. So, I really don't like when they do that. So, I don't really like when they do that. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Like, it just sucks. Uh, So, yeah, okay. Well... Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is Sports One. You can catch me at Hunter Sub Pod for all the updates for the podcast, our various shows, including our weekly show, our monthly show. There's a video game book club, which we're playing Blood Bowl. Still got to get that organized a little bit. Uh, been a little behind on that. And then also Event Quest here every couple months for Magic Reset releases. And then, you know, we have may have another show coming up here in the next couple months about a certain fiery demon lord that, you know maybe having a fourth game in the couple next couple years um (laughs) so we're thinking about it uh but yeah so i will catch you guys in the next set or you know quest uh and on that quest will you be darth tater what quest what quest that's (laughs) what i do we can't find we can't find him he's gone oh exactly (laughs) We're going to find you. Where are you? Oh, no. What are you talking about? (laughs) Nowhere. With no social media presence. Whatsoever. You switched the formula too much. I know where I am. I don't want to tell other people. (laughs) But no, you can't get a hold of me. You have to get a hold of Fortuan. Yeah, you have to get a hold of me. Uh... And where can we find you, Leo? You can find me at the the Leo Riser on Twitter. Uh, you potentially might start finding me on Twitch. I'm still working out the details of when and how I want to do that and start streaming some games. And um, there's some other things in the works that when, potentially, if that starts happening, will start showing up on my Twitter, but it's still kind of all up yeah. in the air. Yeah, streaming on Twitch, uh, I have done it a couple times. It is not uh, an easy process, and then uh, uh, getting people to watch you is also not an easy process. Getting to the people to watch is definitely the hard part. I've done, I have streamed before, and I've done the production side of stream stuff, 
Mm-hmm. It's more finding a time to do it consistently that works with the rest of my schedule of doing this. Well, and, yeah, it's it's yeah. The, the getting the time to stream, what you're going to stream. Like, there's a lot of heads up and like, it's, so, yeah, still working on that. And you might find me there, but uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. And also, I'd like to say that I probably still would be streaming if I didn't have just terrible internet here. <laughs> so, yeah. It is pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks for listening.